Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture reading for today is from Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 24. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went to Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you, before God that what I am writing you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Loving God, here we are once again gathered in your house, gathered to praise your name, gathered to hear your word read and proclaimed, gathered with expectant hearts, expecting that as we worship you that our very lives would be changed so that we would be drawn closer to you and go forth from this place drawing others to you as well. So, O Lord, let us be during this hour not just hearers of your word, but changed into doers of your word. In your Son's holy name we pray. Amen. Timothy Jones tells a story about taking his daughter Helen to Disney World and how in the moment of that trip, he got an insight in the depths of God's grace for us all. As he talked about Helen, what you need to know in sort of the backstory that he and, he, he and his wife adopted Helen into their family uh, in her middle elementary years. 
Helen had been adopted by another family earlier, but for some reason, the families didn't bond. For some reason, the family either was unable to or unwilling to encourage her and to uh, draw her in with the rest of their biological children. And so there was always a little bit of this tension in the air to the extent that when that family took a trip to Disney World, they left Helen behind, taking their biological children, leaving her with a close family friend. Leaving Helen not only with a friend, but wondering, what did I do wrong? What mistake did I made? Why have I been punished for this? Because that must be why she was left behind. So as Helen came into Tim's family, they soon began to realize that Helen had heard all about the trip. She had seen the videos. She had seen the pictures. She knew about the great parades and all the good food and the wonderful rides. And she felt like she had been left out of something important. And all she wanted to do was to go to Disney World and be included in the story. So their hearts moved. Tim and his wife began to think about and plot a way that maybe when business travel swung Tim close to Disney World, that they would go as a family. And as luck would have it, within several months, there was a trip lined up for Tim to travel that way for business. And so they made the commitment for a family vacation. Biological children, Helen, all blended together. A few weeks before the trip, though, Helen began to act out, began to act up, creating strife within the family, picking fights, being ornery, being disruptive. And they were about to pull their hair out of their wits, and why was she acting this way? And so one night, Tim pulled her up on his lap and said, Helen, what's going on? And she said, you're not going to take me to Disney World. I just know it. And he said at that moment in time, he was so tempted to say, well, you know, if your behavior doesn't change, you're right. You know, that wonderful parenting technique of carrot and stick, he was really tempted to pull that out there. But somehow or other, he said, grace or something told me not to say those words. And instead, this is what came out of my mouth. He said, Helen, is this a family trip we're taking? And he said, she just sort of nodded with tears in her eyes. And he said to her, then we're not leaving you behind. And he said, I would love to think those words were so magical that her behavior changed overnight, but she was still testing the water, still acting out, even up until the day that we left. And if you've ever taken kids to Disney World or any major vacation or theme park, you know that it is nothing but a lot of stress to get everyone in the car and everything packed and everyone down to the park. So the next day when they woke up, they were there in Disney World in the hotel. And of course, if you've ever been, you know that you want to maximize your time. You've paid the money for the ticket, for all the food, for all the travel. So you're going to go, go, go all day until you feel like you have lived an entire month in 12 hours. And they did just that. And as they went back to the hotel room that night, exhausted, Tim looked at Helen and said, what did you think about your day? And this is when the words got him. She said, Daddy, I finally got to go to Disney World, not because I was good, but because I belong to you. 
I got to go to Disney World, not because I was good, but because I belonged to you. And he writes, it was in that moment that I began to understand that all the goodness of life that we receive from God comes to us, not because we're good or we're less bad, but simply because we belong to God. We belong. Paul, in his letter to the church at Galatia, he's writing and sort of giving his credentials, if you will. He reminds them if they had not heard that he was the apostle who first started out in ministry by persecuting the Christians, those that were going against the Jewish faith. And he was really good at it until that Damascus Road experience where God called him and spoke to him in a blinding light and changed his life. He says, at that moment, I realized that God had a plan for me. And so sometimes we like to think in this world and times of what is God's plan for us? And is it a plan in which everything in our life is completely laid out, sort of like the Calvinist Presbyterian doctrine of predestination, or is there something else to it? Well, what we believe in the Methodist Church is that we believe that God has got a plan for us, but it's a plan that is anchored in grace. And so every day we get up and God has a desire for our lives. God has a path that God would prefer for you and me but we could go the way God wants us to go or we have the free will to choose another route. But the best part about grace and God's plan is that tomorrow, wherever we were, that we're faced with choices, we can pick the route that takes us back on the path God wants us to follow or we can choose another way. So as we begin to ponder all of this in our heart, we begin to realize as we step in the season of Lent that it's a time for introspection a time for growing in our faith and thinking about our own discipleship, how we follow the precepts of the faith and how we teach them and model them for others, how we focus on our relationship with God and growing closer to God. And so as we ponder these things in our hearts and our souls, we begin to realize that the real change that happens within us happens because of grace. Because God pours out that gift of grace on us every day. Because God's plan for us is a plan in which brings us closer to what God wants for all of humanity. This revelation in Christ, that Christ was God's son, and that we see how much God loved Jesus, we realize how much God loves us. And that's where grace enters in. What I love about our church, what I love about our theology of the United Methodist Church is that it's built upon this solid foundation of grace. The realization that God works through us and for us and that God's actions are always for us and no matter what we do, no matter how far we run away from God or how close we run to God, that we cannot save ourselves, that it's God's grace that lifts us up constantly in life. And God's grace pours out on us even when we don't know that it's available. See, it's this prevenient grace, a grace that comes to us even before we understand that God has a plan for our lives that is so wonderful. I think of when we're down here and we baptize infants, that God is already working them in their lives even before they know it. Or we have an adult that professes their faith and is baptized in our midst, that God has been working in their lives long before they acknowledged that the God in heaven was their God. See, God awakens our soul that there is so much more to life than waking up and going through the motions and living each day and going to bed at night and then rinse and repeat over and over again. 
that what grace tells us is that God shows us that there is a purpose to our lives. That we want to know and seek God's will for us. Seek that purpose to understand it's grace that shows us that there must be something that draws us closer to God, that it's sin that separates us from God. And so God works to make sure that we know who we are, but more importantly, whose we are, that we belong. And it's that grace where we learn the lesson that Helen learned, where we learned that we are given grace to belonging even before we knew that we were part of a larger family, that we belong so closely to God. So as we understand that that grace has been poured out onto us, we begin to think about what is maybe God's call upon our lives? What's God's purpose for us as individuals? And I think about that and often think about, you know, friends of mine that seem to have the perfect job. You know what I'm talking about? They seem to have that career that which they've hit the lottery, where they get to go to work doing something they love each day. It always turns out well. They get paid well for it. And they tell you things like, you know, I've never worked a day in my life. They actually pay me to do this. Chris Gillibo writes a book entitled Born for This, How to Find Work That You Were Meant to Do. And the whole conjecture of this business book is to help people realize that it's not luck when people find the job that they were meant to do. That what's happened is they've, they've discovered their passion. They found that intersection between joy and paycheck and flow, and that's the one thing that they were meant to be about. So it becomes a strategic book helping people live like an entrepreneur to seek out those opportunities to sort of hack away at the cubicle jungle or to rise above the corporate morass and set their feet on a career that sets their lives to sing professionally. But see, I think Gillibo's conjectures for work aren't too different for what God wants for us in life. See, I think God desires that we would have our best life, that it would be wonderful that we would realize that we are to serve God and deep and build deep relationships, not only with each other, but with God. So that at the end, when we cross from this world to the next, that we walk into the land of heaven and we hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your master's kingdom. See, I think we want to find that, that sort of conversion like Paul found where he knew exactly what it was he was to be about in life. Where he went from zealot to apostle to leader. Really just faithful follower. So during this season of Lent, let us seek our purpose in life. Where we find that intersection between joy and living relationships and a peace with God where we go beyond just going through the motions of life, but we begin to soak up all that God has poured out over us. We realize that we belong in God's kingdom and that God's grace abounds to us. But more importantly, it's because of God's grace that we do the wonderful things that God calls us to. We begin to discover that through prayer and through scripture, through seeking out our giftedness, for being active in our faith, not passive, waiting for things to come to us, but seeking where God is calling us in the world. And as we begin to seek that, as we begin to get an idea, we test that plan with others around us. 
One of the great things about being called as a Methodist minister is you don't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I think I'll go to seminary and then they'll ordain me and it'll be perfect. No, instead what happens is you begin to wrestle with this call for ministry and then you test market it with the leaders of the church that, is, that has been nurturing you. So you end up meeting with a staff parish committee and they ask you all these difficult questions really to reflect back to you that they too affirm that God is calling us to ministry. Well, think about your friends. When you begin to realize what God is calling you to do in life, when God has sort of pointed you and what your purpose is, test market that with those closest to you. Those that too have their eyes in tune to God's grace, in tune to God's heart. They'll tell you if you're on the right track. They'll help point you in the right direction. Because what we know is that each of us here in this room, each of us gathered together in worship in this room or on live stream, that we all have a purpose, we all have a calling from God. And it starts simply with the fact that we belong to God's family and that God's grace pours out over us. So as we come forward here in just a few minutes to the table, as we come to this meal of the kingdom where we're given a piece of bread and a little bit of juice, we're reminded that Christ came into the world to save us but even before we knew Christ, God was pouring out that grace upon us simply because you and I belong together. You and I belong in God's kingdom. You and I belong at the table and that there is a seat for us that will always be open because all the world belongs and God's grace pours out over us in that holy mystery of a meal as we journey together, growing deeper in our faith and finding where God is calling us to be because of who we are and whose we are. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.